And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to another illustrious episode of Before the Three Count. I'm your host, the unnamed host, a.k.a. Ghostface Killer, either from the Woo or from the Scream series, however you want to take it. <laughs> also, uh, joined alongside me uh, is my uh, other co-host. The one, the only, G.A. West. And we coming at you this week, cricket free. <laughs> unless that's your mobile carrier. <laughs> that's true, unless that's your mobile carrier. <laughs> and, uh, here we go, just as a little tribute. <laughs> but, uh, we're coming off uh, a dope interview. Uh, once again, uh, thank you to uh, Mr. Uh, William Miles. Uh, yes. Um. Like it was a big weekend. Uh, obviously, we got to you know chop it up with uh, Mr. Miles, but also uh, there was the big city rumble that same weekend. Yes, the, that uh, was held Dedham for NCW. Yes, the uh, NCW big city rumble um, was last weekend. We didn't get to talk about it last week because we nope. were uh, interviewing <clears throat> our guest. Yes, but, uh, I guess now is as good a time as any to get into it. Yes, yes. Um, so, um, you might have to dip into the Google machine because uh, I do not know who the card was, unless you know off the top of your head. Uh, um, off the top of my head, I do not know the whole card. Uh, okay. So, let's see if I can find that on the Google machine. Okay, okay. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, um, you were definitely on the bill. Uh, yes, I was. Um, your match uh, was against um, world class Channing Thomas. Thomas, I'm sorry, I was about to say Tatum. <laughs> All good. Be, All good. You know, being uh, be a New England, so you know that's uh, <laughs> with the Celtics and all. But yes, Thomas. Uh, uh, first match, uh, um, I believe. Um, I think I rest. Well, it's our. It might have been our first singles match. Okay, because you guys have uh, uh, duels in tag team. Form? I think I think one time previously, at least one time previously, maybe more than that. But uh, I know that at least one time previously, when he was in, uh, he was Timmy Thunder at the time. Okay, uh, was his name, and we were in a tag match. Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, so yeah, we were actually the opening match of the night. Okay. Um, for for the NCW Heavyweight Championship. All right. Um, All right. And yeah, I believe this was our first ever singles match. Definitely our first time touching since he's become world class Channing Thomas. Okay. And, uh, been the talk of the New England wrestling scene. Um, definitely shout out to him. He, he's doing big things. Uh, many people may remember him from SummerSlam uh, 2021, um, where he was the uh, he was part of uh, was it security for Goldberg? I think maybe for Goldberg's entrance. Um, regardless, of what he, he was doing security of some sort at, at SummerSlam, and. Uh, also, he's been featured uh, pretty regularly on uh, NEW, which is a huge company out of Connecticut. Uh, they use all the top uh, 
aside from using top indie talent, they use the the bigger names. They use some AEW stars and former WWE stars. Um, so he, he's working for them, doing big things there. He's been working for a lot of other companies in the area, just really uh, carving a name out for himself um, in the New England wrestling. Actually, I'm not even going to say just the New England wrestling scene because I've seen on his social media. You okay over there? Yeah. Okay. It sounds like you're like crushing a car. <laughs> now I'm good. Uh, I'm curious though, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> I'm listening, y'all. <laughs> listen. Uh, listen. Uh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was gonna say, um, yeah, you uh, built him up uh, very highly, um, which makes sense because he is the champ. And I was gonna say, how the the match go? Yeah, the match. Um, well. Uh, I guess I will uh, start off with the, the match itself was great. Unfortunately, I did not, or I should say Osiris, did not pick up the win. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, Osiris is still on his quest for that NCW Heavyweight Championship. But um, from a outsider's perspective, yep. uh, having watched the match, yeah, um, I've got to say that uh, it, was, it was really good. Um I'm working on uh, getting it uploaded. I'll send you a copy once I got it online somehow. Cool. And uh, definitely, definitely. Um, but but yeah, now the match was really good. It was definitely Osiris's best match uh, since coming back uh, to wrestling um, at the end of last year. Okay. Uh, so that's huge. Osiris is in the best shape that he's been in since coming back. Um, so that's huge. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, the match was a great... Uh, it was a... I was about to call it a technical brawl, but I'm like, I'm like the the best term might just be a fight because uh, it really was it was a fight, and that's how's the how's the knee? Knee is great. Uh, knee is one hundred percent. Did you uh, find out what was <clears throat> giving you issues with it? Yeah, we believe it was just uh, long and short of it, a, a pull of some sort. Um, okay. After getting checked out by the doctor and everything, it was probably one of those things of you know no activity for like two years, and then, <laughs> then jumping into to activity and probably pulled something in, in that area. Okay, okay, yeah. Cause was it like <clears throat> you hit a move and all of a sudden it started feeling started feeling funny, or was it like after the show? It was it after the funny. show um, oh, okay. that that I felt it when that first happened a year almost a year ago now. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, at, when I had the doctor check it out, um, and he said that it didn't seem like there's anything wrong, uh, keep an eye on it, but just, yeah, and it just continually got better with, with work. Um, so it was most likely a, uh, just a really bad pull, um, okay. of muscles that hadn't been used <laughs> yeah, in a while. Yeah. So, which is a uh, lesson, uh, both for me, but for anybody listening out there, you know, you gotta, you gotta know your body and, uh, stay active. To, yeah. Yep. Stay active. And if you're, if you haven't been active and you're going to get active, don't try to go zero to 100. You gotta ease your way into things. Okay. Was well, it your um, primary jumping leg, uh, for, you know, like, yeah, uh, high impact moves like the drop kick and yeah. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, because it was my right, and that's what I, I jump off of. Locked um, up. Yeah, which uh, something actually that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the uh, knee injury a blessing in disguise of sorts, though. 
Okay. Uh, because it has caused me to change my training, um, really focus on flexibility and mobility. Okay. Uh, keeping all the muscles loose, the joints loose. Um, and also, <clears throat> aside from that, I've been working a lot on um, jumping movements. Um, just getting the body used to again, like the idea of like, oh, like we need to propel ourselves off the ground, <laughs> you know? Okay. Because uh, that's really at the end of the day, like looking back on it, you know, it was uh, uh, in the um, in the show where I got hurt. Literally, all I did was a uh, jumping knee. Um, there was and a clothesline. Like I didn't take anything. I didn't, you know, I just did did, did that the one two pop pop bam. Um, and then got hurt. And so, uh, you know, looking back on that, because that was November 2021. Um, and prior to that, I think the last time I had actually jumped <laughs> uh, would have been sometime in 2019. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, it was two years of no jumping at all. And then all of a sudden asking my body, like, not just to jump, but to jump up with a flying knee to, like, a guy that's nearly seven feet tall. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, so, so yeah. So, it was a... Uh, learning experience. Day. Yeah. Yep. It was a learning experience. Yeah. And now we, uh, we we treat the body like a temple. So, you basically back to 100%? Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm 100% at this point. I'm like, all the joints and everything are feeling good. Um, and then this match was the first match that, like, I went all out and didn't get blown up. How many uh, minutes was the uh, match? We went 12 minutes and 13 seconds. Okay, not bad. Bell to bell, yeah. And uh, which also, I'm going to go a little inside baseball here, but yep. uh, I'm, I'm pretty proud of this uh, because uh, we were told to go 10 to 12. Okay. Um, so 12 minutes and 13 seconds, that's, that's pretty close to perfect. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I'm very proud of that. Channing was pretty happy with that, and uh, it was one of those things where I was the heel in the match, and uh, I don't want to say I was leading it because um, that's definitely not the case. It was definitely fifty-fifty in there. Okay, but I felt like you know oh, it's time to go home, and you know brought it home. For those that don't know, that means end the match. Um, and you know, so we, we we ended the match and we get to the back and uh, they were like twelve minutes thirteen seconds and it's like yeah that's that's pretty close to perfect um, and especially the crowd was really hot the crowd was really into it so it's not like oh man you guys went twelve minutes thirteen seconds and you know you lost the crowd ten minutes in but right. uh, we, we had them the whole time and uh, I will uh, many people know I am a Jim Cornette guy and. Uh, I learned from him. Uh, I did a tryout many years ago that uh, he was at, and uh, in my tryout match, I went over by like thirty seconds. Um, but he was like, "But the match was so good." He's like, 30 seconds." He's like, "That's fine. We'll we'll, we'll let you do that." <laughs> and uh, so to me, I'm like, "All right. Like as long as it's quality and you go over by a little bit, it's okay." Um, right. Thinking of it from a big time perspective, and if there are any young wrestlers out there listening to the podcast, here's something to keep in mind though. Um, that 30 seconds of time, uh, especially if you're winning the match, here's something else to keep in mind uh, a little bit of politicking, sort of. But uh, if you're winning the match, especially, try to end it five, 10 seconds early, and that way you've got that 30 seconds to show your highlights. Uh, 
But uh, but if you're losing the match, end it 30 seconds later, and now they don't show those highlights of you losing. <laughs> but either way, make sure it's a good match. <laughs> and uh, that's my my advice for our young wrestling, rest, young aspiring wrestlers out there that may be listening. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, also, since it was the first match of the card, uh, do you prefer actually... Uh, you know, starting off the card, or do you like finishing uh, as a you know in match? Um, honestly, both. Okay. And uh, it, it's funny because in this show, I ultimately I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I'm gonna whatever. I'm like ultimately, I did both. I started the show and ended the show. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I will say that is probably my least preference, though, starting the show and ending the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I generally, I generally don't even like to wrestle twice on a show, right? Um, especially at this stage, the body starts tightening up after the first one, you know, right? And uh, it takes a little bit more to to stay loose or get loose for the the second match. Um, but with that being said, uh, I like being the last match. Uh, one, because, you know, from an ego standpoint, it's great to be in the main event and the night. Okay. Um, and also from a wrestling standpoint, it gives more time to uh, solidify the match uh, and be like, all right, like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it and everything else. Um but with that being said, I also like being... I don't love being the opener. I think if I had my druthers, I would actually be the second match of the night. Why so? Um, because the, the opener's got a lot of pressure. Uh, when you're in the opening match, you're setting the tone for the evening. Okay. Um, which a lot of people... It's funny because on the one hand, I, I say it's a lot of pressure. But also on the other hand, it's no pressure because no one else has wrestled before you. Okay. So you're giving the crowd their first glimpse into into wrestling for the night. Uh, and in theory, the crowd should be hot. Uh, just excited to see some wrestling. But uh, to me, I'm like, oh, the second match, I'm like, if the first match was bad, well, you can come save the night, kind of, and put on like a great show, hopefully. Right. Um, or if the first match was really good, now you're riding that momentum, and the crowd's hot, and they're like, yeah, we want more action. So that's okay. why I personally I like the second match. Okay. Uh, and then for me also, what's great about that, done early. It's like, all right, like I finished, like hopefully did really well. And now I can get undressed, uh, relax, you know, and uh, just kind of enjoy the evening. Maybe watch some of the other matches from the back. Uh, help help guys with their matches. Um, you know, I'm no Pat Patterson, but yep. uh, I know a thing or two. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, were so you um, were you able to find the rest of the marquee uh, for the uh, card? Yeah. What do we got on here? Uh, so we've got, uh, and I think this was the second match of the night. Was okay. um, Ava Ever- Ava Everett, the NCW Women's Champion? Okay. Uh, she defended her title against Little Mean Kathleen. Okay. All right. Um, and Little Mean Kathleen won her championship back. Okay. So they start off the event with two uh, title uh, matches, which yes, is different. It is. 
Um, but with this, because it's the big city rumble, so it's kind of you know the the focus, of course, is the the big city rumble uh, itself, which is NCW's version of the WWE uh, Royal Rumble, right? And uh, little little history here, in fact, paying tribute to the historic WWE Royal Rumble, the NCW Big City Rumble match originated on September thirtieth, two thousand and has evolved into becoming one of NCW's premier contests featuring 30 of NCW's top stars competing in the -the over-the-top rope battle of attrition, with the winner becoming the number one contender to the NCW championship. Okay, so wait, there was just only two matches in the Rumble? That was it? No, no, no. There were some other matches as well. Okay. uh, Including NCW... uh, commentator slash manager Dallas McCarthy, who okay. is somehow currently the NCW New England champion. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how that happened, but uh, he defended his title against BC Kid. Okay, exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we're going to say about that. Dallas McCarthy retained his championship. So we had three matches with the titles up for grabs. Yes, three matches with titles up for grabs. It's like a uh, record, I think. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't believe the tag titles were on the line on this show. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. But I do know there was also a six-man or six-person tag match, I should say, because I think it was uh, two guys and one woman on each team. Um, and that involved uh, Jesse Nolan um, and some other people whose names aren't mentioned for some reason. Uh, okay. But but yes, uh, so that's... Uh, so yeah, so we had those matches. There may have been another match uh, on the show, I'm not too sure. But uh, the, the main event of the evening, of course, was the Big City Rumble. Okay. 30 men over the top rope elimination style battle royal. Uh, it is for NCW, they do not do two minutes in between. Uh, I believe at best it was a minute in between each competitor. What was the but, max uh, participants? Like the Rumble is obviously 30, which, yeah, which you got. NCW is 30 as well. Oh, okay. Yep. 30 participants, but uh, I think it's only a minute in between, and I think kind of like WWE, it's not exactly a minute in between each one. <laughs> okay. But, uh, what was the most that was in the ring? At one time? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question, actually. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say maybe around 10 or so people. Okay, alright. And did you know you were doing double duty uh, for that event? Not going into it, no. Okay. Um, Going into it, I had believed that uh, I was just going to be wrestling for the heavyweight championship, and I figured Osiris would win that and uh, you know go go on to, to, to defend it next show. But uh, with Osiris okay. losing, um, Osiris decided to take it upon himself to uh, enter into the Rumble. Okay. Because uh, he again he is on that quest for that NCW heavyweight championship, um, and uh, so he entered the Rumble at number twelve. Okay. And uh, immediately took everybody out of the ring. Okay. Uh, setting the crowd guys did you on take fire. Out? What's that? How many guys did you take out? 
Uh, once stepping foot into the ring, took out three, like, oh, wow. immediately. Uh, oh, wow. Was in the ring by himself. And uh, at that point, Osiris grabbed the mic, proceeded to uh, basically lay it down, stick it to him, let everybody okay. know he was there for business. Uh, BC Kid entered in at number 13. And uh, Osiris gave him a swift kick in the junk and threw him out of the ring. <laughs> and then uh, at that point, Osiris partook in probably the first ever Big City Rumble karaoke. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> as Osiris grabbed the mic and uh, paying tribute to Queen, started singing Another One Bites the Dust. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All and right. At that point, uh, the, the buzzer hit and an unfamiliar theme song hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that had not been heard before in NCW. I went, Doctor, Doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. I think that's how the song goes. Okay. Um, and out came Doc Ozone. At oh, wow. 14. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, he, he ran down to the ring um, and actually was a house of fire. He uh, ducked Osiris's clothesline. Um, and then started laying into Osiris with punches and chops and a super kick. Which, uh, <laughs> yes, dropped Osiris down to a knee. Um, but then while Doc was uh, pandering to the crowd, that, that uh, he, he should have stayed on top of Osiris and tried to eliminate him because uh, Osiris came up from behind, grabbed him, hit him with the uh, female dog maker, and uh, <laughs> then tossed him out of the ring. All right, all right. Uh, I take it. I take it you weren't uh, victorious though in the big city. No, um, Osiris uh, was not victorious. Although he did come down to the final three. Oh, nice! Alongside who? The other two. The other two were Rob the Giant and uh, Darley Desamont. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I know Rob the Giant, but not familiar with the other one. Yeah, Dolly Desmond. This was his uh, NCW debut. Ah, explains it then. Okay. Yes, um, he is a. I believe he's a chaotic guy. Really? I believe so. Um, he's been around for a number of years. Um, actually, you know what? Number one, I've got. Well, actually, no. Never mind. I was about to say chaotic doesn't exist, but I'm like, no, chaotic does still exist. They just um, still run shows. Yes. Um, and that's the and that's where I was getting confused because I'm like, oh, the re- the wrestling company that runs shows yep. is chaotic, right? But the training school is mm-hmm. the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Still a mask, though, right? Yep, yep. It's all okay. everything is exactly the same. Just they separated the name of the the wrestling company and the training school. school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So who uh, took who took the W? Darley Desamot. Okay. In his so then, NCW right. debut um, proved to be the last man standing. He That's good. Uh, Book strong. Yes. yes. And uh, give him a lot of credit. He um, he was actually number 15 in the Rumble. Okay. Uh, he was the first guy that I couldn't just easily toss out. Okay. And uh, when it came down to myself, him, and Rob the Giant... He and I, we tried to team up on Rob the Giant, but uh, Rob the Giant, the crafty veteran, uh, was able to escape us. Rob the Giant took down Darley. Uh, then Rob the Giant came for me. I met him with the game over knee. Pow, pow. Uh, he was out cold from that. But while I was trying to lift up his dead carcass of a body, 
Darley Decimot surprised Osiris from behind, dumped him out of the ring, and then dumped Rob the Giant out as well after that to, to be crowned the victorious winner of the NCW Big City Rumble. So he will be going on to WrestleFest December 2nd uh, to challenge Channing Thomas for the NCW Heavyweight Championship, assuming that Channing is still champion at that time. So Wrestle, WrestleFest is um, their mania? Yes. Okay. Okay. Are you both for WrestleFest? I hope so. Um, you know, we'll see what happens between now and then. There's still uh, two more shows uh, in the next show. now and then. Uh, so the next NCW show is... Uh, hold on a second. We will answer that question with the smoothness because it's not till October. Of all things... Uh, October 28th is the next NCW show. Three days uh, before Halloween. Yes, yep. And uh, so this year Halloween falls on a Monday, so we won't be playing tricks on me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, NCW returns to Dedham October 28th. Uh, so they've got that show. Then they've got a uh, show in November, uh, I believe... Uh, for whatever reason I don't oh there we go November 5th um, they're in uh, Bristol Rhode Island and then December 2nd the big NCW WrestleFest so, nice. Uh, nice yes yep. okay so what uh, any other shows other than so obviously October 28th uh, hopefully you'll be on that show but uh, in between time uh, any other shows in the middle for, for uh, not on the calendar right now oh okay uh, so you still gonna have a mini uh, vacation then um I don't think it will be um okay. even though we don't have anything on the calendar right now uh after last um, yep. after, uh, after last week's episode of the podcast I should say after last week's podcast um, right Mr. Miles and I uh had some conversation Okay. Um, and I'm going to break it here on the podcast first. Uh, okay. There's a good chance he might be managing me. Okay. Um, at some point very soon. And uh, so he and I were, uh, were, were formulating a uh, strategy and game plan for what companies we want to uh, show up in and cause some, cause some damage. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, definitely being a lookout for that. Um, so last week, obviously, we uh, you know talked with uh, Mr. Miles, uh, so that took up a bulk of the uh, show. But uh, I guess this week uh, we can, I guess, dive a little bit into the wrestling world um, as we have uh, you know come to do in the past. Um, so today is Sunday. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, see, yesterday, let me uh, make sure I'm saying this right. Was the Clash at the Castle? Yes, it was. So, all right. Uh, did you get a chance to see it? Uh, most of it. Okay. Uh, did you get a chance to see the main event? Oh, not yet. Not yet, but I do know who won. Okay. And uh, so we'll you know, spoil it with anyone who hasn't seen it yet. Do you respect the decision? Um, of who won? Yeah, if you were a fantasy booker. Um... 
yeah and i would say i don't think it's i think it's okay for us to spoil it unless you don't want unless you haven't seen it you don't want me to spoil it for you oh i i know i know who uh, yeah who took the w all right did you watch it yeah uh bits and pieces bits and pieces i dig it um but but yeah i think uh by the time we go on the air that that's yeah it should be enough time to true that true that yeah so uh roman uh the travel chief yes uh acknowledge him yep and, keeping the streak uh, alive. Yep, keeping the streak at, alive. At this point, has he surpassed Goldberg's streak in mm-hmm. WCW? Mm, that's a good question. I'm going to say no. And okay. The reason why I'm going to say no is because Goldberg's like streak was like hundreds of wins. Right. Roman doesn't wrestle that much. But it's, two, it's been two years, though. Yeah, it's been two years, but... I mean, how many matches in that time? Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I got you. I so, got so you. For that uh, reason, I'm gonna say he didn't pass Goldberg's streak. Well, was Gold was Goldberg's a legit 100? Oh yeah, yeah. Goldberg okay, was okay, legit okay. like 100 okay. something. Okay. Okay. You know. um, how many years was was his? Was it just like one and some change? I feel like yeah. Like from like ninety eight to like ninety nine when he took At, his first L. Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, so yeah, it was. Who whose reign is, is strong in your eyes? Goldberg's or uh, Romans? Well, I mean, if you're talking about a reign, that means championship reign. Right. Goldberg, uh, not Goldberg, Roman, because Goldberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Goldberg. Yeah. So how long was Goldberg champion for then? Uh that's a good question, but it wasn't that long. Okay, it was relatively like within the cosmos of championship runs during that time. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because I was gonna say during during the attitude era for WCW, did other than Hogan, I would say most of them were like what, like under a year. Most people who had the uh, heavyweight title. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, so Hogan's probably the longest. Would you say? I'm sure. Okay. Okay. So, so I was gonna say, so has Roman topped Hogan's championship reigns then? If, and, uh, you know, well, not his WWE championship reigns. How, well, what was Hogan's WWF reigns typically? One day less than a year. At one point. What? Uh, what? What? Uh, from when? Um, let's see. When was the four-year run? Because wasn't that- it could have been eighties? Because he was a lot of people had the title during that time. Yeah, now I'm trying to think about because I'm like I, I I know Hogan had a four year because Bruno had like an eight year run. And that yeah, his is like it could pretty much be that yeah untouched, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but I'm pretty sure Hogan had a four year run. I I want to say because he won the world title before WrestleMania one against Sheik. Yeah. Okay. And he had but, it. But did he have the title at WrestleMania one? I don't remember him yeah. coming down with the belt. Yeah, he definitely had it at WrestleMania one. But did he come down when, when him and Mr. T fought Piper? Did he have the belt around his waist? I think he did. You sure? I'm not positive. Okay, but I think so. Did, did they even recognize the belt back then? Because even in WrestleMania two against Bundy, I don't remember him having the belt around his waist. I feel like he must have. Maybe WrestleMania three against Andre. I think it was the first time I saw him like rock the belt, and obviously four, you know, uh, Macho, and then five. I think Macho was still champ when the Mega Powers pay per view, and then obviously Hogan won it against <clears throat> going into Warrior for WrestleMania six, but then Warrior took it, 
And then Warrior was champ for a hot second. And then Seven was Warrior still champ, or did he leave the Federation by then? Uh, seven Hogan, uh, Seven Slaughter was champ. Hogan, right. Hogan Slaughter, right. And Warrior then eight. was against Macho Man uh, in that retirement match, right. And then eight was against Sid or Hogan. Uh, Hogan didn't have the belt, right. Uh, so Flair had the belt at eight. Oh, okay. And then nine, he Yoko had the belt, and then he yeah. got the belt at nine, dropped it, went to WCW. Yeah, so when was this four year? <laughs> yeah, it, yep, I, I I looked it up on the Google machine. Okay, what well, we got? And uh, yeah, H- Hogan was the champ for year before WrestleMania, the first okay. one, and, and he okay. held it up until like just before WrestleMania four. So he he was a champ on WrestleMania two. Yep, it's uh, and actually I'm looking at the uh, box cover uh, of WrestleMania two Coliseum home video, and yep. yeah, it's got Hogan on there with the belt. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So Hogan had the four year run. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he's the you know second leader behind Bruno. Yes. Yep. So uh, it might look like Hogan might hold on to that because I doubt Roman's going to have the belt for another two more years. No way. Um, especially working on this part time schedule. Yep. And with uh, apparently USA complaining that uh, Raw doesn't really have a champion. They're technically right. Yeah, yeah, because Roman doesn't work Mondays. Which is strange. I would thought Monday, the Raw shows, I thought that's like their marquee show for ratings. So I would thought, you know, uh, folks in the back would be like, we gotta, you got to be on this show. And Roman's like, yeah, I don't work Mondays. <laughs> Any particular reason, like, for, is, is like his health th- situation, or he just doesn't do Mondays? Um, that's a good question. It's never been uh, explained. Okay. So it might, might have to do with his health. Okay, um, but but yeah, he, uh, but he's reduced his schedule dramatically. What was, what show would you rather work, SmackDown or Raw? Um, I guess that depends. Um, you know what is uh, what is your life schedule like, and what is what is the rest of your nights like? Because I'm like, oh, like like Roman's got kids. So oh, okay. Like, okay. To me, I'm like, if I had kids, I'd probably want to work Monday night, and that right. way Friday I'm available to like hang out with the kids for the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Especially if they have like any sporting games or whatever the case may be. Right. But uh, yeah, that makes sense. But but Roman, for whatever reason, works Fridays and takes Mondays off. Although he doesn't work that many Fridays. <laughs> to be fair. Yeah. He, he does like every other SmackDown, maybe. And he doesn't do house shows anymore, correct? Correct. Yeah. Well, okay. hey, he's saving on his body. He's not gonna be as beat up, you know, doing this. Oh yeah, no, he's saving on his body. He's the highest paid wrestler in WWE after Brock Lesnar. Yep. Uh, he's. I mean, talk about doing it right. Do you think with uh, Vince out the helm, you think they reduce uh, wrestler schedules not to be as work like, you know? Like three hundred some odd days a year, you think they'll you know drive back a little bit to give I guys a break? For the past two years, they've been reduced schedules. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, for WWE, I mean, number one in twenty twenty, they didn't do house shows at all. Oh, because um, of the pandemic, obviously. Right. Right. Not by choice. No, not by choice. But that once they switched <clears throat> to that model, yeah, uh, they realized they were saving money on not doing house shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, with all the production. 
Exactly. And uh, especially because they don't sell that well. Um, and, well, yeah, because the pandemic. Well, no, no, not even the pandemic. Like, just in, for years now, WWE House really? Show has been, been doing bad. Why do you think so? I, I think because, uh, what's that? Because of the product? Yeah, I think it's the product and, like, a house show isn't that great. Like, Realize that that's when guys let their, their head down and let loose. Yes, and if you know that, you might have fun to see that. Okay. But the, the wrestling's not very good because the guys are taking it easy because it's a house show. Right. Um, and, you know, with Raw and SmackDown touring all over the world, like, you can you can go see these guys on <clears throat> Raw or SmackDown, and that's going to be a better show. Okay. Like, they'll, they'll come to your city at some point. Yeah, but it's not going to be as personable. You know, a house show seems like it's more personable with it's the crowd really and the guys. Not. It's really, oh, really not anymore. Oh, okay. That was a thing of the past? Yeah, that was a thing of the past. Okay. Like, now the house shows are, it's really just for the guys to get practice, you know? Okay, okay. Um, the the formula used to be at the TV show was to drive you to the house shows. Okay. And, and you, the formula used to be, oh, you go to the house show to see, like, a pay-per-view level show. Right, because uh, there's stars <clears throat> against the stars on a house show. Right, um, but now you're seeing the stars against the stars on TV, and the TV will come to your city at some point. So right. you just save your money and wait to see it on the, you know, to, till the TV show comes. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, the house show product had been down for a while. So when they stopped doing them all together in 2020, yeah, and they started doing them again towards the end of last year. Yeah. Um, they they reduced the schedule to uh, just Friday sat. Uh, I'm sorry, not Friday, sat- Saturday, Sunday house shows. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. So yeah. So now, if you're a SmackDown talent, you work Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're mm-hmm. a Raw talent, you work Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So it's not a not a bad schedule. No, not at all. And what about NXT guys? NXT guys, they they work one night a week. And that's just, not bad at all. Well, well actually, that, that's not fair to the NXT guys because I'm like, they're they're training at the performance center like five days a week, to be fair. Okay, so they're still doing like an 80 hour, uh, 40 hour work week, basically. It's basically, yeah. If not more than that, I'm like, okay. between the wrestling training, the work, the workouts, like all of it. And it's so regimented over there. That's, it, this is my theory. This is, I can't say this for fact. But I think that's why Adam Cole's not in the same shape at AEW. Same thing with Keith Lee um, as they were in NXT. Because at NXT, like, you get scheduled. Like, oh, you're going to work out with the trainer at this time. Like, you know. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, also, uh, both of them have been uh, off TV because they've been injured, too. So that can also contribute to their, you know, condition. Yeah. Physical yes. condition. Um, <laughs> speaking of NXT, I've noticed a lot of the a lot of UK wrestlers are on it now. Well, uh, NXT UK uh, is no longer. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I'm surprised because it wasn't one of Triple H's babies. It, it was. <clears throat> um, but, well, I mean, now the main roster is his baby. So. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that's true. Um, yeah, so NXT UK is no longer a thing. Um I guess that's actually good for the the European territories now, so they don't have to, you know, worry about guys getting pillaged for a particular regional brand. Well, not so fast. (laughs) 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 Would think that, 
But uh, <coughs> one of the things that I read on the interwebs is yep. that uh, they're looking to start NXT Europe at some point. Oh, okay. And uh, the idea is for it to be more... Because NXT UK was basically a, a big indie company, like with a WWE budget. Okay. NXT Europe, I think, is going to be more of a developmental <coughs> uh, okay. system. Okay. Um, but uh, I, I don't know too many details beyond that right now. But uh, but yeah, I think that's the, the deal. They're going to start up kind of a developmental system in Europe, which... At the end of the day, I think it's still going to be better for indie talents in Europe and indie companies as opposed to NXT UK. Because um, I think there will be more separate. Like NXT UK, they came in under the guise of like, we're trying to, we're not trying to take over. Like, we want to work with everybody and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, but as the people at What Culture pointed out, like, yep. um, you could only book their talents if you were like, booking like all their talent and like no outside talent <laughs> like wait I'm confused. what do you mean I'm confused like like NXT UK was like oh like we want to work with everybody but by right. work with everybody they mean like oh like if you can afford to like book our show <laughs> oh okay I got you I got you I got you yeah and that's why uh, the What Culture Wrestling Company shut down because they were like well there goes all our local talent and now like we can't use like if we want to use those guys, we can't use like other guys. So there's no point in running. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, how big is uh, wrestling in Europe? Like, I, I bet like a, a lot of promotions, and you know, over there compared to uh, us. Or... Not compared to the U.S. because the U.S. Okay. is ridiculous when okay. it comes to wrestling. Okay. But I mean, wrestling's pretty big in Europe. I mean, they had sixty-two thousand something people uh, yesterday for Clash at the Castle. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's a that's a big deal. But that's also too because they haven't had a WWF pay per view in what like a decade, uh, if even more twenty more years. Than, yeah, I was gonna say about twenty years. I think it was uh, Insurrection. Invasion. Oh, Invasion. Okay. Or yeah, one of those. Yeah, like during the Attitude Era, I want to say. Like yeah, like late tail 90s, end of it. Yeah. So yeah. that is that is they just probably just Jones for at that point. <laughs> That's fair because yeah, that crowd was hot. Um, we were talking about it while we were watching it. That op- in the opening match, like everyone's just losing their minds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which goes, I guess we <laughs> I, I, uh, we we tapped on it a little bit in the beginning, but was that the right booking call uh, with uh, the tribal going uh, going over? Um, Drew in his own, well, not country, well, you know, but his area. Yeah, that's a, and, and I'm glad you said that because a lot of people are like, oh, it's a homecoming, it's his homecoming. Yeah. And, uh, the people at What Culture, uh, they pointed out, they're like, he lives two countries away. Right. <laughs> yeah. Scotland, England, uh, totally different. Same, yeah. still, still in the UK, you know. Yeah, that's like saying Massachusetts, like Puerto Rico, are like the same. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We're yeah. in the same. We have the same country, but we're you know, <laughs> so distance away from one another. Exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, so I don't know how much of a like. I'm sure for him, it's great to wrestle in Europe and you know, right. get, you know, be closer to home. But it's not exactly right. a homecoming. Like if it was right. in Scotland. Right. I mean, people probably would have been ready to like burn the boats, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. So at that point, as a as as fancy booker, would you still have kept the decision to say if it wasn't Scotland? 
No, if it was in Scotland, you have to have Drew Witt. Right, 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 right. You know, which is fine because have... the days of uh, yesteryear when uh, Hogan was, you know, uber babyface, when he would go up to like the Canadian regions, they would have like uh, Jacques Rougeau like go over or like Dino yes. Brown would go over on him because of like that's the area. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and I think that's good. Uh, I think that's good booking. Do you, uh, you think that's cheap though? You know, it's like, well, Mick Foley will say a cheap pop. Um, it's a special pop. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, I think when you have the hometown guy that beats like the unbeatable hero. Yeah. Or villain. Yeah. Um, I think that's a very special thing. Okay. Uh, you know, I've never seen footage, but I can imagine because, you know, think about this, talking about like Jacques Rougeau going over Hogan. The Mountie. Um, Yes, the Mountie. Uh, <laughs> Hogan, huge baby face. Yep. But in Montreal, yep. he's not a bigger star than Jacques Rougeau. Or Dino Bravo. Yeah, or Dino Bravo, RIP. But, uh, but do you think that also, like, cheapens the effect of who's going to go over? Like, I, I could be like, you can have any wrestler that from, like, their native country, and then you have, like, their, your super over, your uber, you know, babyface or heel, you know, your number one talent, and then it, oh, it's, like, automatic loss, no matter what. Like, it'd be, like, if, like, The Rock faced, like, Carlito in Puerto Rico, <laughs> like, Carlito goes over because he's in Puerto Rico, you know what I'm saying? Like, doesn't that sort of cheapen, cheapen it as well with the whole um, hometown hero thing? I think it's circumstantial. Okay. I think uh, I think it's how is it done, um, and I think it becomes a question of like like let's use Rock and Carlito as an example. Yep. In, in Puerto Rico. Yep. Um, assuming Carlito's super over over there. Well, I mean uh, the the family name, you know, was father and all that. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, so let's say the crowd's big time into Carlito. Yep. I, I think if you have the match where the Rock is dominating most of it. Right, but uh, Carlito puts up a good fight and then is able to either cause the rock to slip on a banana peel or, <laughs> or uh, you know, <laughs> or something along those lines and get the win. Uh, I think that I think that's all fair. So, it can't so like obviously, like last night, it cannot be a clean finish, you're basically saying, yeah, I don't think it should be clean when it's that okay. kind of a disparity, yeah, okay, okay, but. For me, if it was Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns in yep. Scotland, yeah, McIntyre's going over clean with the Claymore. Okay, okay, okay. In Scotland, um, and you're gonna have a group of bagpipe players and kilts and like the whole deal. Like it, it would be cute. so. That means with the whole um, Survivor Series '97 with uh, you know Brett losing in Montreal, then that then he, Brett made the wise decision. As far as like being angry about that, then because uh, uh, didn't didn't Vince want him to drop the title in Canada and I think it was in Alberta. It wasn't in Alberta. It was oh, in okay. Montreal. Oh, it was Montreal. It, oh, cause it's, yeah, Montreal screw job. Yeah, what am I saying? Yeah, yep. Yes, 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 yes. All I good. Get you. All good. Um, but with that being said, yep. Number one, right off the bat, it wasn't in Alberta. Okay. So if it was in Alberta. Yep. It's, I still would have. That's funny. I'm like, I would have booked the screw job for Alberta. What do you Although mean? Although that crowd that probably might have burned the building down. <laughs> so that's a tough one. Because um, that, that, that whole situation was, was, yeah. was difficult because Brett was 
Right, but, right. But I mean, all the other guys left too. So it's not that he's not the first, you know what I'm saying, to, to leave. You know, you had Mach, you had Hogan, you had Luga, you had all your 80s yeah, prime but, but guys. Brett was leaving. Okay. That, that's the difference. Brett was champion and, and already was leaving to go to WCW. Yeah, but we didn't know that. We didn't, but they right. did in the back. Yeah, but I mean, like. That's why that's a tough situation. Okay. Okay. Because if, if Brett's not leaving, yep. yeah, of course you have Brett win. Like in Canada, it's a huge deal. Right. But with him leaving, you, I mean, you need to get the belt off of him. Yeah, but you say he would have dropped it on Raw. He did say that. I don't know if, you know, and who knows if that would have been the case, but. Uh, I mean, I, it never sounded like he had a, that doesn't work for me, brother, uh, in his, like, you know, history as far as, like, not doing the job, you know what I'm saying? Actually, that's not true. Well, I mean, obviously the whole screw job, but I mean, up to that point. <laughs> Kevin Nash is, and I mean, I guess it's a he said, she said. Okay. But Kevin Nash has brought up examples of Brett not wanting to do the job prior to the screw job. Really? Yes. Any known workers or like Nash? Um, <laughs> uh, Brett didn't want to do the job to Nash. Uh, they, uh, when did they have a program? Uh, they had a program. I don't even know if they had a program or if it was just a match, but the whole point of the match was setting up Nash and Taker. For when, you mean Diesel? So it was like yeah, during his Diesel, Diesel time? Yeah. So yeah. it was like for like a WrestleMania pay-per-view? Because I don't remember even Diesel and Taker like having a program. Yeah, Diesel and Taker, I think, was WrestleMania. Which one? 13 or maybe? Yeah, but weren't they gone by then? Because isn't that when, um... Uh, Stone Cold and Michaels, had, you know, with Tyson as guest referee. So maybe it was WrestleMania. Tw- no, it couldn't have been WrestleMania 12 because that was the boyhood. No, 14. Hold on. 14 was Stone Cold and Michaels. Oh, okay. Okay. So he hadn't so, been gone, obviously, by then. Yeah, he was definitely gone by 14. And then WrestleMania I, 11 was was uh, LT and Bam Bam. Yeah. So it had them in 12 or 13, like you said. So within yeah. those two. But, but like you said, 12 was... The boy, uh, her dream. Boy, her dream. All right, so yeah, so I guess you're right. Then thirteen, then. So yeah, it must have been thirteen. Okay. Um, but but yeah, so Diesel and Taker and. Um, the well, was Brett there by then? Yeah, yeah, Brett was still there. That was WrestleMania thirteen was ninety seven. Uh, that sounds right. That feels okay. right. Okay. Um. So yeah, so uh, but yeah, Nash has said in shoot interviews that Brett didn't want to do the job to him. Okay. Um, and I think he said some other people too that Brett didn't want to do the job to. Okay. So uh, and especially matches in Canada, Brett didn't want to do jobs. Well, I mean, as we went, you know, to our original point, should you do a job if you like that's your native land? Um, I think it depends. Okay. Uh, how often does WWE run there? You know? well, this is Canada, of all we, you know. So it's like <laughs> their second home. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like it's okay for Brett to do occasional jobs in Canada. Okay. Uh. Ugh. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about. It. I'm like, they they ran Canada pretty often back then, um, right. especially when they had the Jack Tunney connection. Which uh, right. I, I didn't learn until being much into my adult years uh-huh. that uh, 
Jack Tunney only worked with the company because he was a promoter in Canada. Really? And so they used his license. So they didn't have to pay like taxes and stuff to get their own. What promotion did he run? That's a very attractive question. I'm not too sure. I thought uh, Canada was only Stampede. Like I thought they had like the monopoly down there. Nah, Stampede definitely did not have a monopoly. They they were definitely Canada's biggest wrestling company. Right. But uh, no, they didn't have a monopoly. Um, Canada had a bunch of territories and smaller okay. companies. The Rougeos ran a company out in Canada. They uh, weren't Stampede guys? No, no, they were not Stampede guys. Okay. Yeah, the Rougeos and the Hearts don't get along. Like, for real, for real? For real, for real. Oh, okay. Well, does the Rougeos have a big family? Because I only know Jacques and Raymond. Uh, their dad was a promoter. Oh, okay. Wrestler or just a promoter? I don't know. I know he was definitely a promoter. I'm not sure if he was a wrestler, too. Okay. So uh, I think it's their father and uh, Stu never saw eye to eye. I'm guessing so. Which okay. probably, you know, wrestling promoters like in the same same country. Yeah, I can it was, was I was gonna say since they're from Montreal, you know, from Quebec and the hearts are from Alberta, you still got the, the French, you know, dynamic into it as well. Yes, yep. So, what yeah. about um what about Dino and um uh what's his face? Uh, Pat Patterson. Were were they uh Stampede guys or no? I am not sure. I okay. doubt that Patterson was only because Patterson like was a big star, and I know his big stuff was from San Francisco. Oh, so he wasn't big in the Canadian circuit? I don't think so. Okay, because he's uh, from Montreal, Quebec, I think, as well. Yes, he is. But okay. uh, I believe his stardom came from like San Francisco and Oregon. The Northwest region? Yeah. Okay. Alright. It's funny, um, though. I think... I think um, JYD was up in Stampede for a hot second. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. <clears throat> Obviously, uh, Bad News Allen, a.k.a. Yep. Brown. The, the master of the uh, Harlem... Uh, I was about to the say Ghetto Harlem Blaster. Shake, but yeah, the Ghetto Blaster. Yeah, the Harlem Shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was seeing... I saw old photos of, like, Danny Boy and Dynamite. I was like, these dudes are ginormous. <laughs> 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 like, I was putting, like perspective like today's guys I was like oh my goodness they would like eat these guys like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> just in their sheer size oh, like true. it's funny because you know you see British Bulldog obviously and that's like late 90s you know early uh I mean late 80s early 90s but he was like somewhat like small then but still big but like when he was like dynamite oh my goodness yeah they were it was major. <laughs> seriously <laughs> like uh even Dynamite, like, I think he even make, like, Benoit looks little compared to, like, you know, because they had about the same hype, but, like, Dynamite was yeah. just, like, woof. Yeah. Juice to the gills. Big time. Big time. It was like, it was, like, leaking out of him. But it was strange, though, that, could, that they could move. Like, yeah. I don't know, because they were, I don't, I don't know, because they were so young, like, but, like, mobility for, like, Davey Boy, like, it seemed like, obviously, I got older, but you would think the lighter he would have gotten, like, he would move faster, but, they could cook. Yeah, when they were young, they were gigantic and could move around. Like, yeah, you know, they were the prototype for like what pro wrestlers should be. Uh, <laughs> if you could just sustain the health effects. Yeah, yeah. If you could. Stay. <laughs> yeah, because just looking at, it, I'm just like, 
when you're not in the ring, I, I just be like, are you walking in pain? Because he's at that so much weight you're like carrying on your shoulders for your frame. Uh, yeah. And it's just like, jeez. I'm sure there's probably, like I think about some of the bodybuilders talking about how like they have trouble tying their shoes and like, yeah, they get knee pain and stuff like that. Right. So I'm sure, yeah, when those guys were that kind of size, because they were like 90s bodybuilder size, like in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it was, but they were symmetrical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were symmetrical. They, they looked great, um, and, and amazingly, yeah, how well they moved. Yeah, uh, but this. But I guess you had to do what you, what you had to do because if you don't have the height and you got like Hogan coming in like six, seven, you know, three bills, you got to make yourself look somewhat like on level with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to be larger than life. Yeah, especially back yeah. then. It's funny though, like to see Hogan's like transformation uh, his physique from like, you know, AWA size. Then you got like uh, Hulkamania size, and then you got like towards the late '90s size. You know, NWA like all his different like weight fluctuations. Like, it, it's so hilarious to see. That's true, actually. I never thought about it, <laughs> but I'm like, yeah, you see a lot of ups and downs with Hogan, <laughs> right? Like when he came back, like. But the thing is, like. I want to say like WrestleMania nine, that like late, uh, early nineties area where that's, he was that's like, that's what I like to call steroid trial. Hogan. Yeah. Like he was so, he was on his like rock be cool physique. Like yes, <laughs> he yeah. was so malnourished looking. Right. <laughs> but then, yeah, but then he somewhat blew up trial. when, yeah, but then he blew up a little bit when he became NWO, you know, Hollywood Hogan. Yes. But then like, but then you had like mid late eighties Hogan, where it was like, and it looked like his sweat gland stopped. Cause like when <laughs> promos, like he was like jumped out, you know, the pool or something, like super sweaty, all you know, like leathery style. But then like <laughs> like the late night, he was quite dry. <laughs> Quote my main man, Rick James. Yep. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. But then when he was thunder when he when he was like thunder lips, he was like a monster. Yeah, that's him and probably his real prime prime physically. But do you think that he was on the gas at that point, or you think oh, yeah. more towards like mid nine, mid eighties? Oh no, he was on the gas uh, all throughout his whole wrestling career. Because if you look right, at but do you think he found like? Do you think he found like the? What's that? If you look at pictures of him before wrestling, yeah, like when he was, he was like a chubby guitar player. Right, right, right. But it seemed like right when he was like in AWA early WWF, like it was like he hit that sweet spot. But then after that, it was like. Symmetry wasn't there no more, you know? Yeah, yep. Well, I think that here's here's the thing, because at yep. that point, he started traveling on the road with WWF. That's uh, in something days a year. You're not you're not eating the same. You're you know, you're 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 making it work the best you can. Right. Right. But yeah, I'm sure probably a lot of fast food and, you know, whatever's available after the show kind of situation. Yeah. And Riding motorcycles with Vince McMahon. Like, <laughs> uh, well, man, if I, it's funny. I, I had this thought the other day. Like, if I could go back, like, to like, be anywhere, anytime. Yep. It, it would be that run, like, wrestle, like the first two WrestleManias. Yep. That time period, and, and like to hang out with Hogan and Vince. <laughs> that's back when they they bought matching Harleys, like 
at least according to Hogan in his book, that's what he says. He said, like, him and Vince became best friends. They had matching Harleys. They were working out together. Like, well, I don't, I don't know about best friends, but I, I believe that there was a, a kinship between the two. Uh, like, Vince might have not been like, oh, that's my best buddy. You know, I'll do forever for you. But, like, I bet they were, like, you know, super close. That, they, was, that was Vince's golden goose. Yeah, I mean, for both of them, it was, uh, yeah. I, it was a uh, mutually symbiotic relationship. Plus, I always thought Vince low-key wanted to be one of the boys. And it's almost like, you know, like the high school, like, nerd and jock. Like, if you like the jock, like, you know, like, you know, looks to you and you, you're like, oh, I could be a pr-. I think that was like somewhat what Vincent Hogan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yo, you're you're probably 100% right there. And I think but probably I even later like towards, like, it seemed like maybe even like they said, like, same thing, like Michaels and Vince. It was like a similar, like, in the, during the, uh, Mid nineties, you know, it's how like Michael's had Vince's ear, you know, low key. You know, Vince always wanted to be one of the boys. Yeah, maybe Vince wanted, he, you know, especially with what we know now. I'm like, yeah, maybe Vince was like, I want to be the ladies' man, like yeah, yeah, wearing the heart heart sunglasses, like yeah. Cause then you, well, wasn't Hogan's book that, or I don't know, if Hogan's book or Vince said like he would like test guys doing lines or something like that. Not reading lines, but like legit like lines. Like who can like do the most like coke at one time, like type of thing. Like who can you know what? Um, I forget if that was Hogan's book or if that was in Sex Lies and Headlocks. Okay. Um, but yeah, definitely wasn't one of them. Yeah, I read it some. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, yeah, but I guess you know Vince was all grew up in the in the business, so you you want to have that type of rapport with one of the guys, you know. Well, uh, even more, uh, you know, breaking it down psychologically, because Vince didn't grow up in the business. Well, for the first half of his life, I guess you could say. Right. And that's so that that even more so, I think, made him want to be one of the boys, because it's like he knew his dad was a wrestling promoter and probably like thought, oh, man, my dad loves these wrestlers and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, natural for a young man to want his dad's love and, you know, respect or, or what have you. Right. So Vince, you know, deep down was like, oh, if I can be this, like, that'll make my dad proud. Like, Right, right, right. Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, do his life story. You know, if he's still with us or, you know, once he uh, calls it a day. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait for Hulu to come out with their unauthorized. <laughs> oh, yeah, like they did uh, my man Tyson. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm so torn. I haven't watched it. Same here. Like, I feel like I shouldn't watch it because I said he's not getting money. But there's a part of me that's like, oh, it looks kind of interesting. I'm curious what they, the picture. Right, but we know, we know, we got like an eighty percent, uh, you know, know how what you know Mike's life has been. Yeah, we 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 lived through it. Yeah, pretty much through like all the highs and lows. You know. Yes. Yep. So, and I we already got the aspect of of him as you know troubled teen, and then you know later. Raising pigeons and that stuff, so yeah, it's not like For a whole sure. lot would be new to witness. That that's very true. That's very true. Whatever, whatever happened? This is a sort of side, 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 side note. Whatever happened to Robin Givens? Where did she end up? Last thing I saw she was in was in Boomerang. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but what uh, happened? Because you know, obviously they were married. But like I said, the last thing I saw her was in Boomerang, and that was it. Let's see. Hold on. I'm checking the uh, Google machine, machine now. Okay. Robin Givens. This is a recent picture. She looks really good. Okay. Um, she's because she wasn't. Yeah, because she was a name in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. 
I think she was on that TV show, Head of Class. Yes, for five years. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Career. Interesting. In January 2000, Robin Givens appeared in Tony Braxton's music video, He Wasn't Man Enough. Okay. I didn't know Tony uh, Braxton was still recording. I know, in 2000. Actually, no, 2000. I'm like, yeah. Oh, 2000. Here. I thought you said uh, 2020. That's what I was oh, like. Oh, okay. no, no, no. In 2000. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's some time away, 22 years ago. No, that was 22 years ago. But I'm just saying, I'm like, yeah, I'm like <laughs> what else do we got? Okay. That was before 9 uh, 11. In, in 2006, uh-huh. Robin Givens was on My Network TV's Telenova, uh, Saints and Sinners. Okay. Um, and then she continued acting in made for television films. Okay. While also making appearances on Trinity Broadcasting Network's Praise the Lord program. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Well, much success to her uh, in her endeavors. In 2007, she hosted the San Diego Black Film Festival. Okay. And in 2021, she was cast in season three of Batwoman as Jada Jet, the CEO of Jeturian Industries. Yeah. Might have to check it out, see how she's looking. Yes. Oh, and in 2022, Givens appeared in the Lifetime film, He's Not Worth Dying For. Okay. All right. So she seems like she's getting steady steady work. Yeah. A little something, something here and there, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. If if this is a recent picture of her, I'm going to give her her props. Nice. And you said 57? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good, 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 good. But uh, all right, so we got off track with Robin Gibbons and all. But uh, <laughs> yes, uh, so I think we only, and we only just talked about one match with uh, Clash of the Castle. But <laughs> yes, so uh, obviously Roman uh, took the W, continue uh, his streak, um, and uh, yeah. So I guess the next pay per view is what October is coming up. Well, well, I mean, when September, but October the next month. So probably what Halloween Havoc for the NXT crew, and then what would be the WWE pay per view? Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules. So we got both Take of those. Place in Philly. When's Takeover? Uh, is that November for your NXT? You typically? I don't think NXT does Takeover anymore. Oh, okay, but typically they... when it was a uh, Golden Black, it was in November, right? Uh, when it was Golden Black, Takeover was for the big. Uh... They did a takeover for Royal Rumble. They did one for SummerSlam. They did. One I always thought they did take. I thought they always did the War Games takeover like somewhere between like Thanksgiving time. War Games takeover. What was the one for Survivor Series weekend? Oh, yeah, okay. But, so yeah, it's during, it's but yeah, during, during the Gold November. Black era, like they they only did the four shows and they were all called takeover. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, those are always dope to see. Yes. Okay, but yeah, All the right. war games would, would be the right before Survivor Series. You a fan of the Elimination Chamber? Uh when done right, yes. Okay, as as the Which, gimmick uh, match. Yeah, it's a gimmick match. It's a it's a good gimmick match though. Um, when done right, <laughs> um, last year was it last year or the year before? I think it might have even been the year before actually when they did it with uh, the women and Shayna Baszler like went on a tear. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was awesome. Um, I think it was last year with the men where Brock Lesnar went on a tear. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that was awesome. But uh, when they do them and it's almost just booked like a regular match almost, mm-hmm. and, like you don't have people like taking advantage of like the, the steel construction. Yep. I'm like, well, what's the point? Yeah, yeah it's very unimpressive. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully we're now Triple H behind the helm. Uh, who's his team? Like, I, I imagine he's not doing everything. So who's his guys? Like, his, you know, Pat Patterson, Vince, or like, you know, uh, Slaughter. Like, who's his guys? DX. Um, okay, so Michael. hired Road Dog. Okay. So Road Dog is back. Road Dog can stop asking Tony Khan for a job every week on his podcast. That's what he does? Hysterical. Yeah. And he goes about it in a really weird way. How so? Because, like, every week he'd be like, oh, man, like, this is all the stuff that was bad on AEW. Tony Khan, you should hire me, and I would change it. Oh. <laughs> all right, well, it looks like he's back with uh, his uh, DX brethren. Yes, yep. Um, so you got Road Dog, you got Michaels. Um, I want to say... Uh, what's the guy? Oh, Ryan Katz. Okay. Um, he just got rehired. Uh, he was a writer for the Black and Gold. Okay. Uh, and he got released when WWE got rid of like all of Triple H's people. Okay. Um, so yeah, Ryan Katz just got rehired. Um, so yeah, I'm like, that's you know, that's a that's, squad. Yeah, that's a squad. Okay. So who? So I take it with like Michaels. And him doing raw like road dog and this cast guy would be doing smackdown maybe i don't know um i mean triple h ultimately is in the vince spot of he's doing it all okay. but he's got yeah he's got his people to help out with the things although i think with michaels michaels is gonna stay at nxt okay okay uh, i think michaels, he likes being in florida doesn't want to travel and he likes working with the young guys yeah which is good yeah um, but yeah, Road Dog is on the road full time now. Um, and yeah, Adam, like, we'll see, I guess, you know, because at the end of the day, really, he just took over things. SummerSlam was his first uh, big weekend. That was August. Right. So he's just been running things for about a month now. Um, so yeah, we'll have to see as he builds up, what does he build up his team to be? Do you think now, since Vince is gone, we're going to lose that like showmanship entertainment? At Hollywood aspect of uh, no way, no way, because Triple H was a big showmanship guy. I mean, you think about his WrestleMania entrances, right, 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 right. Okay, all right. But do you think he can bring that larger than life, you know, like characters to the you know audience? Oh, definitely. And and Triple H is such a wrestling fan, so he's going to incorporate the showmanship and the old school wrestling. Okay, like uh, last night. Um, now I don't remember if this was on Smackdown or if it was on Clash at the Castle because uh, we watched both yesterday um, but uh, they did like a uh, video package on like the WWF title and like who's had long reigns with it um, and, you know they talked about Bruno they talked about Hogan um, there were some other names that I didn't like I didn't even recognize I'm like who? <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Antonio, what? <laughs> like, oh, Anoki? Uh, no, it wasn't Anoki. Uh, oh, okay. it was like Antonio Laraca or something. 
Oh yeah, I know that name. <laughs> yeah. But but watching the package, I'm like, clearly like Triple H is like in charge, and he's like, yeah, okay. we're gonna talk about some old school wrestling stuff and like let people know like this is what's up. Okay, okay, all right, all right, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, did you get a chance to? No, today is AEW's pay per view, correct? Yeah, that's tonight. All out. Tonight. All out. You gotta check With, it out, uh, out tonight, to or you gotta. Show, Tad Epic, uh, he's going to be there. Really? Yes. Shout as out to Chad fan. as a fan, but but yeah, shout out to him. Still gotta get his uh, gotta get some of his hot sauce. Yes. Definitely. But, uh, what time's the what time's the show? Uh, I think pre-show starts at seven. Okay. Eastern. Did they finally get a main event match together? Yeah, main event is gonna be Moxley and Punk Part Two. Okay, that was sort of quick how they threw that together. Yeah, well, so uh, this past week on Dynamite, uh, which we also watched yesterday, uh, (laughs) uh, this past week on Dynamite, uh, Moxley came out and uh, he threw down an open contract. He was like, I'll fight anybody. I don't care. Um, And then do you know who Ace Steel is? No. Ace Steel was CM Punk's trainer. Oh, okay. And uh, he ran down to the ring, picked up the contract, put it in his pocket and ran to the back um, and it was really kind of weird because uh, like nobody like mentioned it like it just seemed like like it was like oh like there's trash in the ring like someone ran down and grabbed it picked it up you know <laughs> like the commentators <laughs> didn't talk about it um, <laughs> like, and then uh, later on at the show Punk came out and Punk was like uh, you know what like I'm sorry that I let everybody down like Maybe I'm not ready to, to do this yet. And then uh, Ace Steel came down to the ring mm-hmm. and uh, dropped an F-bomb that did not get bleeped out. <laughs> Ooh, seven-second delay. Yeah, they did not have that going, apparently. Because <laughs> uh, uh, he was like, you're CMF and Punk, like, you know? You do there this, like, for Chicago or whatever, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, All right. Uh, <clears throat> So yeah, so now it's on. Punk, Punk took the Punk, 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 Punk took the contract from right. uh, Ace Steel, then ran into the crowd and signed it. All right, all right. And, uh, the place went nuts because they were in Chicago. It seems like they're in Chicago a lot these days. AEW. They are. Um, <laughs> but to be fair, when the company first started, Tony Khan said he wanted to uh, make Chicago home. Okay, so that's gonna be like there. Uh, ECW Arena, like for Philly, I guess so. Yeah, that's probably the best way to, to call it. And okay. uh, and uh, Tony Khan lives in Chicago. I think he said he grew up there. Oh, okay, okay. Um, Which would uh, so, explain why he's got such a uh, affinity for Chicago and for punk. So, part two, how do you book it as fantasy booker? I'm gonna let you answer that question first. Keep the title on uh, Moxley. Really? Yeah. Wow. Go on. It's like we said from back early in our discussion with this whole homeland thing. You got you have the upset sometimes to make it like oh you'll have always home home field advantage. Okay, I got you. I got you. Plus, um, it seems like Punk is on the Roman Reigns. Is he a part time as well? Punk? No, he's just yeah. been hurt. Oh well, keep on the guy that ain't hurt. <laughs> and there, you know what? There may be something to be said for that. <laughs> um, 
because I'm like, yeah, Punk broke his foot in June, and I don't, you know, I'm I'm no doctor, um, and I've never broken my foot, but right. I have broken my hand. Right. And when I broke my hand, that was like in August, mm-hmm. and uh, it didn't heal until like December at least, and even then, like it wasn't like fully healed. It was just healed enough I didn't have to be in a cast anymore. Right. 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 Yeah. So, and uh, I guess we we should talk about the elephant in the room that you hit me to. Uh, I guess there's like a divide in the back. Yeah, supposedly that's what. So the, would you uh, put the would you put the title on the guy that's like you see you told me is the catalyst for this or you know what I'm saying? Like, um. Well, I don't. It seems like it seems like Moxley's the company. It seems like Moxley's the company guy. You know what I'm saying? But I think Punk is kind of a company guy, too. But it seems it's, like uh, he's too temperamental. Well, that's the only thing. I'm like, Punk... punk so, like, punk do you want somebody that's on... Opinion. Right, do you want somebody so wishy-washy? Like, if, if they don't get their way, then they got you know, take their ball and go home. Here's the thing, though, and, and I don't know if this is because I'm a Punk guy, uh-huh. but I, I suspect anything that Punk is upset about, he's right about. Oh, okay, so you think he's justified? Yeah, like I feel like Tony Khan makes some bad booking decisions. And do you believe this whole elite versus the WWE guys? I could see it. So they, they're playing out their they're playing out their own invasion uh, storyline, <laughs> except in the back, not in front of. Yeah, camera. right now in the front, so nobody can see it. Yeah, which um, I think wouldn't be too wouldn't be too bad of a storyline if they did it correctly. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah, um, there's a lot of ways they could do that and do it well. Exactly. Um, Use some yeah, of that disgruntled cool. energy to put on the, the TV screen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, this whole elite versus WWE thing. Yep. Uh, my take on it, I, I think, uh, and I, you know, this, this is my opinion, but I think a lot of people would agree with me that watch the product. You can tell the difference between guys that have worked for WWE uh-huh. and, and guys that haven't, uh, guys right. and girls, um, right both like wwe people are polished right they're very polished they They know uh, where the hard cam is yeah they know where the hard cam is they 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 know how to dress they know how to look like stars they they know how to talk like you know um and they probably when talking over matches talk it over from a wwe standpoint right um as far as structure you know probably right, more right, leeway right. as far as moves go right but a yeah there's less ban- well i was gonna say you think uh they'll unban some of the moves that wasn't that was banned at one point in wwe yeah oh yeah okay um i feel like you could actually see that uh yesterday okay there were a couple things where i was like wow okay Right, which because uh, wasn't that the main issue with uh, Brian, Daniel Bryan going over to AEW because um, you know unleash all his move set that he couldn't do with uh, the WWE. Yeah, that was a big part of it. Yeah. So, which I mean, to Vince's, you know, like I understand you don't want like your performers to be injured, you know, <laughs> for sure with all these high impact, you know, head moves and you know. Inver- you know, soup invertebrate suplexes and brain busters and all that type of, you know, stuff. But Absolutely. if, but the they, they did it three hundred days a year, right? But they these aren't new moves. Like, like I said, the brain busters been around. There was a team called the Brain Busters that that was in the WWF at one point. You know, because that yes. was their finisher. 
So I guess if you know if guys are more polished on these moves, you want to have those issues. Um, I think it's a few things. Uh, yeah, I think one guys be more polished on the moves, and I think it's a it's a level of uh, I'm trying to think of how to best explain this because I. I, I, I Here's how, here's how I'll explain. I'm going to use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when it comes to wrestling moves, like, if you haven't done it before, yeah, like, you should really be, like, first trying it out, like, on, like, a, a six-foot wrestling buddy. <laughs> well, is that, that's, isn't that what training is for? Like, when you go to, you know, train, uh, wrestling schools? But, but here's the thing. Like, at wrestling school, they don't teach you how to do every move. Okay. Like at wrestling school, they're not teaching you pile drivers. Really, I would thought that. I thought that's like a wrestling move one on one. You know, like headlocks, uh, body slams. You know, pile drivers. You know, I thought like there's like a you know, like a, a set of moves that like is universal with all you know wrestlers, and then obviously you go off to modify those similar moves to your own own moves. Yeah, there's definitely a set of moves that's universal, and you are spot on with headlock and body slam. But yeah, no, not pile driver. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, there was an album called bomb. Pile Driver from <laughs> WWF. What's that? I guess there was an album called Pile Driver, uh, a song called Pile Driver from the WWF. Yeah, I think it was. Coco Beware sang right. the song. <laughs> yes. But that's not that's not a move that they teach you in wrestling school. No. That's hilarious because even little kids would give like their brothers and sisters pile drivers, you know, for, you know, mimicking wrestlers. Well, they'll do the tombstone version. Yeah, okay. if you're strong enough, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like, you're not seeing little kids doing the the, the old school pile driver because. Well, unless they're doing it, to, unless they're doing it to like their stuffed animal type of thing. Oh yeah, 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 to a stuffed animal, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's where I was when I said like a six foot wrestling buddy because I'm like oh like I mean like the, remember the old wrestling buddies back oh in the day? I thought you meant like a, a, like your friend like buddy friend like no, that no, like no, no, oh no, okay no, and I got I you mean, like yeah like the wrestling buddy dolls <laughs> I'm like that's really the first thing you should be doing is practicing with with something like that so you're telling me you never gave a power jab to your brothers when <laughs> when you were growing Not up. A- not an old school file driver. Tombstone, maybe. I could just see a father be like, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Um, my mom has a, it's funny, I was about to be like, oh, we should have my mom on as a guest. But I'm like, no, because she could tell this five minute story and then we'd have to get rid of it. But she, she yep. does have a great story of, yep. uh, I guess, when I was in preschool. Okay. Um, she came to pick me up, and I had a line of kids that I was giving to them some pile drivers to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, who knew you had the upper body strength back then? Right? I was brolic as a kid. <laughs> um, but th- what do you think the the main cause of this elite? And because obviously it's not like what we thought, you know, like they can, you know, the WWE guys can cut better promos and you know more pause like what do you think the heat is between the two groups yeah i think it, it comes down to uh philosophies okay and i think okay. that's why cody left okay okay but yeah because it, it wasn't polished basically he was like oh, i've been to such and such promotions this isn't it 
yeah, yep, you know. But you would I mean, think like, though, if if you were there since the inception, you want to mold in your own vision. But he couldn't, and I think that's why he left. Yeah, but he was one of the pillars of AEW. Him, Cody, uh, uh, Kenny, and the Young Bucks. Right, but like, I don't think Cody was getting his way. I because I think so. Kenny they basically the wasn't were listening like, to. They wasn't listening to him, basically. Yeah, I think you know it became a three-on-one situation. Gotcha. Yeah, and he seemed like the most traditional guy out the out the group. Right. Having being raised in the business by you know his father and probably other vets he probably had like you know conversations with. Yeah, you figure his best friend is DDP. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's sort of weird though, because of the, the age difference. But <laughs> fair. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Is what it is. They, I guess they, you know, they probably lived near each other growing up. Well, at least for Cody growing up, you know, so yeah. maybe DDP was like a like an uncle figure, cousin. Yeah, because I was gonna say, like best, yeah, before. best friend. Like I said, <laughs> DDP's close to like seventy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so maybe it's more like an uncle figure or, or yeah, something yeah, mentor. Like that, but yeah, but like they, yeah, like, they, yeah, like 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 uh, you and Slick. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so Slick uh, and I are close for an age. Yeah, that's true. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so you you saw. <laughs> When you said best friends to me, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, so maybe, yeah, it might be a different type of relationship. Yeah, but, I got you. But I got whatever you. The, the case, they're really close. Right. Nonetheless, though, so, uh, yeah, so I guess going forward with uh, AEW, do you think they'll, you think things will go in the way of the, the Bucks and, you know, Kenny's vision of how the promotion will go, uh, and then the WWE guys would just be like, all right, we we'll just go back to where we came from now since Vince is gone. That's a possibility. I mean, all these number one, you got Bobby Fish not renewing his contract. And uh, I saw a uh, post the other day, someone had pulled up a, a quote from him uh, from years ago. Okay. Where he said he, uh, he would go to war for Triple H seven days a week. I believe it. I believe and, it. Uh, yeah, yep, you know. And uh, so it's like, oh, like, I could definitely see probably a lot of guys that they left because they didn't want to deal with Vince, yep. but they loved Triple H. Now, say if Bobby Fish goes back, can he do something, or do you think it's too 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 late for him? Because he is up there in age as well. So I'm I'm here. I'm going to preface this by saying I love Bobby Fish. But the- uh, he has to be in a tag team, or can he do it on his on his own? I'm preface this by saying I love Bobby Fish. <laughs> uh, I wrestled him um, in my young days, and he was really yeah. nice to me. Yeah. Um, I and I think he's a great wrestler. With that being said, uh, he goes back to WWE as a singles. I don't think there's any any value in him. Um. In a tag team with Kyle O'Reilly, I think there's a lot of value there, but I don't think Kyle O'Reilly is going to be available. Um, where's, where's Kyle? Uh, under contract with AEW and out on an injury. Oh, really? Yeah. He uh, he just had some kind of neck surgery. Oh, like the one that like Edge has where they fused the whatever, vertebrae and all that type of stuff? Maybe, yeah. I'm not too sure. Okay. But but yeah, he had some kind of neck surgery, so I'm like, so he's gonna be out for a while. Okay. But he's under contract anyways, so so I don't know what the deal is there. 
Okay. Um, I don't know if they would put Bobby Fish with Roderick Strong. Okay. Uh, in WWE, because I'm like, Roddy's still there. Uh, yeah, wasn't well, Roddy trying to leave? Like, do you think now he's like, all right, since Tri- Triple H is here, I'll chill here and I go to AEW? I think so. I think, yeah, I think he was only trying to leave because Vince probably looked at him and saw, you know, just a short, short guy. Vanilla Midget? Yeah, yep. Whereas Triple H probably sees the wrestling ability. Um, so I'm like, him and Bobby Fish together as a tag team, that might be pretty good. Um, you put them in NXT so they can work with the younger guys and help get them better. And it's a lot of tag teams in NXT. You got Diamond Mine, you got uh, uh, Jensen and Brooks, you got was it Pretty Deadly? Uh, uh, I think that's the, the tag team name. Uh, well, I had no idea where guys. <laughs> How you? How like, you don't know the old guy? Okay, look at these two. All right, I can get into this. But like, I think one, I think I think one has chest hair. Like, <laughs> how you not know they were they were males? Because they, they they wear like bras. <laughs> and they have long they, call, they have long they halter tops. <laughs> yeah, halter tops. Whatever that. <laughs> so that that's girls' clothing, and they have long hair. Um, but uh, yeah, they're a tag team. <laughs> um, so how am I supposed to tell? I'm like, I see long hair and a halter top. I'm all right. I'm, all right. I'm, all right. I'm ready to get in there. I'm like, okay, you, let's do this. You also, you also have the gallows from uh, NX uh, UK. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the tag team. Uh, I'm a big tag team fan. Uh, even as a kid, I always dug the tag teams. So I'm, I'm happy about tag team resurgence. Okay, cool, cool. But I like, I, but they have to be tag teams of like can't be just two random people throwing together they have to like come up as like a pair you know what i'm saying i feel you on that because you know because you tell me what was the pay-per-view for aw where it was like nothing but like tag team with triple threat matches of yes. just random teams yes <laughs> yeah we can't do that i need no. some sort of consistency I-, I feel you and i feel like when vince was running things like over the past 10 years or so yeah, like he just was like, nah, no tag teams. We'll just take singles guys, throw them together when we need a tag team match. Sometimes it worked, aka the the the, the hurt business. Yeah, yeah, the hurt business that worked for sure. Uh, I guess New Day, but I'm not really a huge New Day fan. Speak on that, because I'm not either. Actually, I, feel I like guess they're it, too silly. Yeah, they're not for our dem- like our age demographic. I should say. You know what I'm saying? Okay, I feel you. Throwing pancakes and all that, and the unicorn horn and all yeah. that—that's cool. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it, even if I was like that age, I would dig it. But it's cool for the, the the ages that do dig it. You know what I'm saying? I got you. Yeah, because I'm like, I want to be a fan of the New Day. Yeah, but like, I'm not because I'm like, I appreciate them as wrestlers. Yeah, I'm like, Kofi gets busy with it. Like Xavier Woods is pretty good, and Big E's my guy. Like, you know. how's he doing? Uh, I know the neck brace is off. That's good. Yeah, but that's about all I know. Uh, I've seen <laughs> I've seen some pictures that the neck brace is off. Is he mobile? Like, um, I'm not walking, sure. I'm gonna guess so. Running yeah, and I'm, stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean he's been walking the whole time. Oh well, with the brace though. Yeah, yeah, with the brace. Yeah, yeah. So I want to show if like his neck muscles were strong enough to, you know, what I'm saying. I got you. Yeah, I'm not too sure of the specifics other than that okay. the brace is off. Okay, okay. But uh yeah. Uh yeah, the new day they it worked out for throwing random guys together. Um, that's very true. 
Especially considering, because at first they were supposed to be like a gospel group. Really? Yes. Like, I don't recall seeing them any like gospel promos from them, though. If you look up the original New Day promos. Yep. Uh, it's them like in like suits and being like, oh, hey, man, can I get like. Oh, okay. Also, oh, like, 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 uh, Devon's group? Kind of, yeah. Okay. Okay. Not so, yeah, so when did they churchy, when, Okay. But, like, that kind of vibe. So, when did they switch to the current gimmick? Oh, shortly, shortly after. Like, it was like oh, okay. two or three weeks into it. And it was like, this isn't working. Oh, okay. And it, well, yeah, what would you even classify this gimmick then? Like, did this, like, uh, like, Comic Con gimmick, I guess. Like, was it was that what you classify it as? Oh, I, I see what you're saying there. Um, yeah. Very cosplay of uh, the outfits all the time. Yeah, um, maybe. And then, like, yeah, all right. But uh, yes, but going back to, it, I'm just happy that the tag teams are coming back. Uh, well, on NXT, I should say. I haven't really seen <clears throat> Raw. I just saw SmackDown uh, a couple of episodes, so uh, catching up to that, which is. I'm, I'm digging uh, Sammy Zane uh, in the bloodline. Yes. Uh, well, one Uso doesn't like him, the other one loves him. So, yes. That's <laughs> some so of the hilarious to see. stuff on TV. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh, which I'm happy to see. Because, you know, Sammy Zane, everybody, you know, has them attached to Kevin Owens because they always came up together. But I always thought, like, Sammy was, like, you know, better than Kale. Interesting. I was never into Sammy, but I am loving the stuff here that he's doing with the Bucks. <laughs> um, were you were you more of the KO fan then? It, of the two, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I wasn't huge on either of them in WWE, particularly. Right. Um, I was a big Kevin Steen Ring of Honor guy. Okay. But uh, but but yeah, the stuff with the Bloodline. If you haven't seen this past Friday SmackDown yet, uh, mm-hmm. at least watch the the stuff with Sami Zayn and the Usos. Yes, because uh, it is great. Because uh, <laughs> this past week SmackDown was celebrating Roman Reigns two years as champion. Yep, and so Sami Zayn's trying to organize the event, like celebration event, and tell the Usos about it. You got the one Uso, like, don't talk, <laughs> like you know. I like how we don't know which Uso's name is. The other one's going to say that one Uso. And that one. <laughs> it's the one whose name begins with a J. They both have J's. <laughs> Jay and Jimmy. They're like the right. like, they're like the like double dragon. Jimmy yeah. Lee and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh but yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh like I said, it's, things are picking up as JR wants. You know, do you think Dallas Vince is going? You think JR might come back to the WWE to do commentating? I think he might not have Vince in his ear. Telling him what to say. Uh, I mean, that part would be good, but I, I doubt he'd go back there. Um, oh, you think he did too much burnt bridge, burnt scorched earth? With uh, I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. Um, On the dark I, side I just, of wrestling. Yeah, I just can't picture Triple H like because at this point you've got Michael Cole is is WWE like, um, so you're not going to move Michael Cole out of his spot. That's crazy that you said that because like you think Jr. is. You know, he called more classic WWE matches. You know what I'm saying? In events. Back in the day. And he, matter of fact, he put Triple H over like a like crazy, you know, the, the way that he would like call him despicable and this, that, and the third. 
Absolutely. I agree with all that. Um, but I'm like, at this point in time, like Michael Cole is the voice of WWE. Like, and that's who the, the John Cena generation they grew up with Michael Cole voice. The John Cena generation. Now I think yeah, about it. I don't know what else my... to call it. Because I'm like, <laughs> we the Hulk Hogan generation? Like, you know. But does Michael Cole have those iconic moments, though, that the other commentators, not even JR, just like anybody else, like the Bobby the Brain Heenan and Gorilla Times, the obviously JR and, and, and King. Uh, you give true, even like ECW, uh, uh, what's his face? Joey Styles. Like, does Michael Cole oh have like. Yeah, does Michael Cole have that, like, you know, that moment? Um, yeah, he definitely okay. does. I mean, you've got, number one, you know, everyone knows vintage Michael Cole. Um, you know, he's got his catchphrase there. What was his, what was his catchphrase? Vintage. Oh, I never heard him say that. Says it pretty often. He'll be really? like... Yeah, especially okay. not not so much recently. Okay, but, uh, but you watch any footage from like the past ten years. Okay, and he would say like, "Oh, this is vintage John Cena. This is okay. vintage so and so." Okay, okay, vintage okay. Randy Orton. He's going to that place. Okay, okay. Uh, but does Michael Cole draw you in for the to make characters look larger than life? No. Yeah, because uh, he seems very plain, bland to me. He is. But with that being said, yep. Pat McAfee. There you he, go. He I can see. I, yeah, I can see him helping you know guys get over in regards to that. So yeah. hopefully they keep him. Oh, they just re-signed him to uh, a long-term deal. As a performer or as a uh, commentator? As a commentator, I believe. All right. Good. 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 So yeah. Um, yeah. NXT got uh, Wade Barrett and some some other guy. <laughs> some other guy. Yeah, um, which I'm not, I mean, Wade Brad is cool and all, you know, but I don't know for commentating. It just got some bad news. Yeah, he, he, I'm not to say I'm a JR fan because, you know, but you need somebody like, obviously, Pat McAfee's on the, the other brands, but you need like iconic voices to, to make your matches go along. No, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Um, and yeah, I think uh, at this point, uh, just Jr. is he's past his prime. Uh, yeah. I love hearing him on AEW. Uh, With Excalibur and Taz, well, mostly Excalibur, I guess, is his running partner. Yeah, mostly Excalibur, who I could probably do without. Um, oh, he's not good. He's not great. Uh, <laughs> is he playing too? Like, is he playing, or is he just? Yeah, he's a little plain, and he's there to describe the moves because okay. he knows all the moves. Okay, but I just feel like eh, he's not that great at it. Like, okay, voice is kind of so-so. Okay, um, Tony Schiavone. Ah, there you go. That's another guy uh, from you know iconic. Yeah, and he's also on the AEW commentary team. Uh, one of AEW's biggest problems. Yeah, sometimes they have too many people on commentary. But also, they need to have like, like other people to bounce off. Like, all right, so Tony had uh, like Larry Zbysko to bounce off of, you know, the shenanigans or like the you know the brain. Yeah. When it's just Tony Shavant, uh, him like as the head commentator with the other guy playing the B role, it doesn't really work out so well. Yeah, you no, know? I agree with that. Um, I think I think Jr. and Taz would probably be a pretty good combination. 
Really? Taz is so goofy on the commentary side. He is a little goofy, but I feel <laughs> like of everybody they have, yeah, he's probably and, my favorite. Plus, they, they're a little too insidey, you know what I'm saying? Where they're like discussioning sometimes. JR and Taz? Well, more Taz, I would say. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's like, like a lot of smart references. I got you. I got you. I'm saying. They, they I, sort of go behind the curtain a little bit. Well, you I need to have. I disagree. Okay. But I will say, I think if you have, because I think a lot of that though is because they feel like that's what their product is. Right. Because so, AEW pretty much are like, it marks when you think about it. It's like a yeah. televised independent promotion. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but I think, that's, I think that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the presentation because, you know, you have TNT doing everything, but it's like, like we've gone, we've gone, we, I think discussed it in the past, but Tony Khan needs like, you know, the slaughter types or the, uh, the, you know, Pat, um, Patterson, Patterson, the, or the brisk. Like, you need like old school guys that can, like, because do they even have agents? Yes. Okay. Um, right. I know, I think Billy Gunn is an agent. Okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, and they, they got Big Show there, got Mark Henry, that they, they could, like, he can like listen to, you know what they have to say because they're vets. For sure, for sure. Um, but I feel like they're just happy to collect the paycheck. Yeah. Rock the boat. And I think he's just happy to have his name being like, oh, where the other promotion going against Vince's promotion. I think he's satisfied about that as well. Agreed. Yeah. Because um, I'm like, there are things I think they could be doing to grow their product that they don't yes. do. No, um, and instead they they're trying to keep their core audience happy, but it's yep. like that's you're stuck. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, they I think they got too many shows. <laughs> you got Dark Dynamite. Uh, what's the other oh, one? Elevation. Rampage. Elevation. Yeah. Then you got um, ROH. Like he, he bought that on the women. Seems like like what are you doing, Ring on? <laughs> it's like yes, not all of it. Yeah, and, uh, and it was on a whim. He even said so. He was like the price. <laughs> he was like it was a price that he, he couldn't not buy it. Yeah, I think he probably thought Vince was gonna be standing long, standing around longer. So he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna like recap the whole Monday Night Wars, me and Vince, blah blah blah." <laughs> Turns out, you know, Vince was like, "All right, I'm gonna call it that." <laughs> All my discussions are caught up to me. Yeah. What's that? I was like, I don't know. It was quite. Oh, I'm gonna call it a day. Kind of whole way through. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, oh, I remember I always asked you now about in regards to CM Punk. So, has he been worth the the money that he he, he was paid to come to work with him? Oh yeah, I mean he, he earned that money day one. Back? Okay, all right. Sell, selling out uh, the United Center without even advertising him. No, but yeah, it's Chicago though. Like that's like selling out if you Bret Hart going to Alberta. Like it's not really that difficult. But he did it. Like regardless, I, like I would love know. just to see. Yeah, but I always love to see them not relying on Chicago so prevalent. I feel you. I feel you on that. Um, but yeah, I think Punk, uh, between selling out the United Center uh, and also having some of the highest rated segments, uh, yeah. he's one of the few people that dips into or over the one million mark when he's on okay. TV. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Is him yeah. and um, Colt on speaking terms again? 
I don't believe so. Okay. Um, in fact, the rumor and innuendo is that Colt Cabana got sent to ROH because uh, him and Punk don't get along and they didn't want to be in the same place. That's crazy. All because of what again? Well, so they when Punk left WWE, he did Colt's podcast. Right. And then WWE... Actually, I'm not sure if it was WWE or if it was like the, the doctor. Okay. But somebody sued Colt and Punk. Okay. And what, like Mason? Yeah. Okay. Well, and like... the rumor is that Punk initially told Colt, like, I'll, I'll help cover your legal fees. Okay. And then didn't. Oh, uh, okay. That's that's the rumor. Uh, okay. As far as, you know, and only two people probably know the truth. But... Well, I was going to say, is that from Colt's side of things? Or is that from, like, a third party? Like, what, what does CM Punk have any... Did he say what the reason was? Or Punk's never talked about it. Okay. And, and Colt's never really gone into, like, detail, I don't think. Oh, okay. All right. That's unfortunate, because weren't they, like, best of buds? They were. Wow. Uh, and that was the whole reason Punk went to his podcast instead of, like... Because at that time, Colt didn't have a big podcast. It was, you know, it was like... I mean, it was bigger than ours, but... <laughs> You know, it wasn't like one of the big names in wrestling. Okay. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, but Punk went to Colts because it's like, yeah, it's my best friend. Like, I'm gonna do his his show and spill the guy. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, maybe ended up backfiring. That's crazy though. And then he like ends up sending him to ROH. Like, it seems like Colt cannot, uh, you know, catch a, you know. It seems like he he got screwed with the whole lawyer thing, and then he got screwed again with ROH. Can't catch a break. Well, at least he's got a job. Um, True. Because the rumor was um, AEW was going to not rehire him or re-sign him. Really? Uh, they were just going to let his contract run. Was he not performing well? Um, I think he was performing fine enough, but he, it was just a because him and Punk thing. Huh. And so he's going to let his contract you, run out. Could you see him in uh, the WWE? No. How come? Not he has all. size. He has personality. He can wrestle. Yeah, he rubbed a lot of people there the wrong way, and I mean the whole lawsuit thing. Um, but yeah, uh, but that was when Vince is in charge. I'm saying now with the new regime. Even though it's a new regime, it's still the old regime. Nah, you don't see you have Johnny Ace there no more. I don't know what Kevin done. One foot in, one foot out. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, go because because here's the thing, Col- okay. Colt. Colt wasn't in W. Colt was in WWE for like two years under development. What? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was Scotty Gold Goldman, I think, or Scotty Scotty Gold something. Nah, wasn't that that's Raven's uh name, isn't it? Wasn't it like Scotty Scotty Flamingo. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, no, they had Colt there as like some really big Jewish name. Like it was like Scotty Goldman's something like that. Like they, they he had like the Star of David on his trunks, like they, they they really want him to be like the big Jewish guy. <laughs> okay. And, um, but yeah, I've, I've heard that he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way when he was there under contract. Okay. Um, and so I don't think he would be going back there uh, even under Triple H. Because um, I okay. think Triple H was running the developmental at that time. So. Oh, okay. 
Actually, Triple H might not have been running developmental at that time. Now that I think about it, I think Triple H was still an on-air wrestler at that point. Okay. Um, King of Kings. So I'm like, yeah, so I don't know how much interaction they actually had. Okay. But point being, if he had already rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in the developmental, like, and he's older and everything else, so I'm like, yeah, I don't think he would go there. Um, I don't think they would see a lot of value in him. Okay. Um... Which is, you know, unfortunate. He's probably one of the nicest guys in the world. Okay. Uh, in fact, the princess, she doesn't like CM Punk just because of the whole thing with Cult. Uh, it's messed up. It is. And she's met Cult uh, on a couple of occasions, including uh, one time we went to a show in New Jersey to see him. Yep. Um, but we got there late. Apparently, we had missed his match. Uh, and uh, he, was, he was literally just out, like, eating a hot dog, like like sitting down like on the sides yep and she went up to him just to be like hey like you know just want to let you know like i'm a big fan um you know we came here just to, to watch you wrestle yep and then like he spent 20 minutes like talking to her oh nice but yeah he was like wow like like he was apologizing that like <laughs> we were late and we missed him and then like yeah he just took his time like talking and like watching the show and like being really cool Ah, um, not bad. He okay. He didn't have to do that. So, uh, so yeah. Shout out to Colt Cabana for probably being one of the nicest people in the world. Yes. Uh, and, uh, but, but yeah. Um, so I don't see him going to WWE. Thankfully, okay. he has a job with Ring of Honor. Uh, right. The rumor and innuendo is that uh, Tony Khan was going to let him go, and the Bucks and Hangman were like, "You can't." Um. And I guess because uh, the Bucks in particular, they look up to him because Colt was like the first indie guy to like really like understand merchandise and like how to like make money as an indie wrestler. Right. Um, and he started up Pro Wrestling Tees. Oh, okay. Have you ever purchased anything off of it? Uh, I have not, but okay. I, I've been to the store and I purchased things when I was there at the store. Where'd you pick up? Uh, nothing for myself. Okay. But uh, I got a cool Razor Ramon t-shirt uh, for a buddy of mine. Nice. Um, yes. And uh, actually, do you remember uh, Steve from uh, Chinstrap and Quick Test? Yes. Yeah, I, I got it for him. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it was Steven was Cheryl. Not Cheryl. Steven Elaine. Elaine, yeah. Yes. Shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to them. And... Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, shout out to them. I doubt they listen, but you know what? They they could. There you go. You got to let them know. Let them know next time you see them. Yes, yeah. Um, speaking of purchases, it seems like now we're in the decade of um, action figures and now have a resurgence, especially retro wrestling characters. Uh, several uh, AEW wrestlers have like <laughs> podcasts dedicated to them, or like or you know, uh, YouTube channels for them. Are you into the whole wrestling figures situations? Me personally, I am yeah. not. Um, okay. It's funny. Uh, well, actually, number one, I literally about two minutes before you and I started talking. Yep. Uh, I was conversing with uh, Mark Quinn from Private Party. Okay. And because uh, he's got a uh, action figure coming out. Oh, wow. And, uh, nice. Yes. Yep. Um, so I was giving him some props for that. Uh, I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> and um, it seems like a, it seems like it's a 
yes, shout out to him. Uh, it seems like it's a new phenomenon of like people collecting wrestling figures. Like, has this always been in the scene of wrestling of guys just like, oh, you know, I have a wrestling collect, you know, a- uh, figure collection, or is this like? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. So when I was coming up in wrestling, yep. it wasn't cool to be a wrestling fan. Right. Um, like as a wrestler, like it's supposed to be like, oh, like I'm on this side of the uh, barricade, not right. that side, you know? <laughs> so no wrestling t-shirts, no wrestling figures, like, you know, the people that had them were like closeted about it. Right. Um, but I think it's always been a thing, but it's been more closeted, whereas now it's more open and particularly and this is probably some of the philosophical differences with AEW wrestlers yeah um, because I feel like a lot of them are like it's cool to be a wrestling fan like they want to like show that they're a wrestling fan yeah and there's probably some other talent that's been to other places uh like WWE that are like it's cool to be a fan but you got to act like a talent like right right well because I know um Xavier has his up up down you know, uh, YouTube channel uh, yes. with you know all the video games. That's one I think they the WWE let him you know do his thing, branch off. Yes. But uh, but I know like on the AEW side, then you have like Ethan Page has like a a toy vlog channel. Uh, Mac he's not AEW, but Mac Cardona I think has a uh, yep figure like they go. I guess they like tour different places of like. Yeah, checking out wrestling figures. Exactly, uh, and their podcast is like action. Uh, what is it? What's it called? I forget what it's called, but yeah, it seems like it's it's a new thing to like buy action figures. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, and uh, shout out to friend of the show, Mark Moment. Uh, he's he's a big action figure collector. His his expensive hobby too. It is. Uh, <laughs> I've gone with him. He, he calls it figure hunting. Figure hunting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've gone with him on some of his hunts. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some really expensive figures, like hundreds of dollars. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and I saw him drop uh, a few hundred on uh, the Road Warriors. Woo! Um, I also saw him drop 200 and something on Kenny Omega. Some Woo! sort of rare Kenny Omega figure. Yeah. So I guess it's like the new uh, baseball card collectibles. <laughs> I guess so. So, like uh, when uh, when we were kids, baseball, basketball, you know, because I, I remember back in the day, like folks were like no like brand names like Tops, uh, uh, Upper Decker, like you know yeah. what I'm saying, like those. Oh, you yeah. know, like if you got like a certain pack of like whatever sports you know team that you had and like, the cards that came with it, that was like a you know every other week you go into like a card shop. So I, I can dig it. <laughs> no doubt. I just no I doubt. never thought like wrestling figures would be that new currency. I know, right? But uh, you think about it, 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 it makes sense because wrestling figures became a thing in the 80s. Right. Now all the, the 80s kids are old enough to afford it. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I think still at my parents' house, I think I still have like all like my old school, like have like the old school WWF uh, ring, like the uh, old school wrestlers. That, like That stuff's in good shape. That's worth money. Really? Yeah. I've like been the attic collecting dust I've or something. Moment on some of his hunts, mm-hmm. and I've I've seen these things. They're they're all expensive, and the better shape they're in, the more they they're worth. Yeah, good to know. But Definitely. it's know because like with the the action figures though, they've always been consistent though. Because like even during the Attitude Era, like during the commercials, you would have you know wrestlers like 
you know, uh, show off their own action figures and stuff like that. Or like, you know, they were always like prevalent, you know, in the back in the background. But like you said, mm-hmm. now we can, afford, you know, guys can uh, afford to pay for these extravagant, you know, objects. Yeah, um, you know, use a moment as the example because uh, moment's a very specific type of collector. Okay. Um, he, he collects specific figures, and I don't know what those are. Okay. But um, I know, well, number one, he collects the, uh, remember the toys when we were kids? They're, they're probably the ones you have in your attic. Like, you, like, pull the arm back and it would, like, do a clothesline. Yeah, or, like, if you press down the, on the back of the, they have, there's, like, a thing that can make them jump. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So those are the ones he collects. Okay. And his whole thing with that is because when he was a kid, like, he couldn't really afford them. Like, yeah, right. a couple Right, but uh, but now like it's his mission to like collect all of them. Awesome, like 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 like, like Pokemon's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to collect them all. Collect them all. <laughs> Which funny Pokemon story you'll appreciate yeah. this? Yeah. Um, especially because we were talking about working out to wrestling theme songs a couple weeks yeah. ago. Yeah. So uh, I'm in the gym yesterday, and uh, I'm listening to some different things. I had the Tribal Chief going. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the Shinsuke Nakamura rap song going. <laughs> and uh, I'm down to my last set. And I'm like, man, like I'm, I'm in the mood for something different, but I don't know what. And uh, so I just say to the uh, machine, I'm like, play some Japanese death metal. <laughs> <laughs> and to play the Pokemon theme song. There I go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, man. Oh man, did it help out with your workout? Nah. Oh, okay. Because uh, <laughs> that theme song's all like Calypso style. Like, you know? Oh man, uh, man. Well, hopefully one of these days, uh, one of our, uh, you know, uh, listeners, uh, they'll be become one of our sponsors, so they can make a, a figure out out yourself, out the uh, Osiris uh, brand. There we if go. they were there to we make go. a if they were to make a figure uh, of you, what version would they w- would you want to be? Like, what inception of Osiris would you want the figure to be? Wow, um, that's a two part answer. Okay, because uh, I think the blonde Osiris, uh-huh. that's a classic look. Okay, um, vintage Osiris, as Michael Cole would call it. <laughs> um, and so I think that would be cool to have iconized. Iconized, I, I don't iconized. I'm not sure uh, <laughs> as a figure, um, but I, I think probably uh, from the perspective of a figure collector, yep. Um, the next version of Osiris um, will probably be the best one to collect a figure of. Gotcha. Uh, and the reason for that, uh, one, I'm getting some new gear done up. Okay. Uh, it's going to look really cool. Okay. Um, but also from a uh, figure collector perspective, uh, I think figure collectors think figures with accessories are really cool. And this this version of Osiris that uh, is coming, um, or is kind of already here even, uh, just short of the the new gear. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, at at uh, NCW Big City Rumble had on a uh, robe um, it was like this purple and silver robe uh, as well as the iconic uh, towel that uh, Osiris has been rap- rocking for the past three years um, as well as a demon mask with uh, light up eyes Ooh. 
definitely send the clip over. I definitely got to see this. Uh, new, yeah, uh, I, unfortunately, I don't have a clip of the entrance. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's weak. Yes, I know. Because I, I want to see it too. I'm like, oh man, I, I want to see what that looks like. Uh, uh, okay, all right. At some point, I hope to to find a clip of it because I I do know there were a couple of uh, YouTube channels that were in the audience. Really? And, uh, yes. Okay. Um, shout out to um, Mashup Wrestling. Uh, I definitely saw uh, one of their people there in the audience, so I believe okay. they were recording some stuff. Okay. Uh, also, shout out to the VSW podcast. Um, I saw uh, their guy Versace Stoner um, which VSW is Versace Stoner Wrestling Okay. Um, so uh, yeah I saw him in the audience and he's already released various short clips uh, from that night Okay. Um, so I'm hoping to uh, I'm hoping he caught my entrance and I'm hoping uh, he releases a, at least a short clip of that Okay. Because, um, okay. yeah, I want to see what it looks like. Because, uh, no, number one, uh, in my head, it looks really cool. But obviously, yep. I can't see it because I'm wearing it. Right. Uh, but, but number two, interesting uh, factoid out there for people uh, who saw the Big City Rumble entrance. Um, and they were like, wow, Cyrus was moving even slower than usual. Uh, I can't see anything at all out of the mask, uh, especially once I turn the, once I turn the eyes on. Um, oh, okay. I literally can't see because uh, it's just this bright red light in my, in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't turn the eyes on until I get into the ring. Right. Yeah. So you're a fallen chick. Yeah. Yep. But uh, even just with the eyes off and the mask, like it's all blurry. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, hopefully you can make some modifications to the mask and you'll be able to add some visibility to it. And. Uh... I don't foresee that happening because I'm like the the eyes are lights, so it's just it, it kind of is what it is. Okay. Um, but with that being said, I'm like, yeah, like I, I move slowly enough. Like my entrance theme song is slow, so it all fits the vibe. Yep. You know, it, yep. it ultimately, despite my brother's protest, yep. Uh, Osiris is a monster. Okay. Uh, you know, think Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers. Uh, Freddy Krueger, like also, they all move slow. Okay, all right. So, so does Osiris. Okay, and actually, because cool. you being a horror film buff, because uh, yes, sir. My, my brother, his big thing is he's like monsters are all huge, right? And, and that is true with Jason and Michael Myers. But I'm yep. thinking about it as we're talking, and I'm like, Freddy Krueger, I don't think he's that big of a guy. Don't forget Chucky. <laughs> yeah, Chucky's tiny. <laughs> Now, unless you that you know the, the Chucky on that subway, uh, that clip I sent you. Oh my god! Don't even get started <laughs> on that. That's wild. I did, well, don't you miss the New York sub New York subway? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> uh, I do not. Um, of uh, you trying to you know have some peace of mind, all of a sudden you get that one guy. Uh, you like, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, if you, yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden he's like, oh, you guys gotta move to the side and. Yes. Yeah, they do their flips uh, and aisle on the exactly. subway that's pole. The, that's the actually I don't know what's worse, that or the mariachi band. There's a mariachi band that plays on the yeah. subway. 
And I'll tell you, man, when you're on your way to work early yeah. in the morning, yeah. and you are tired and not happy about having to go to work. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got accordion and like, stuff like that. Well, can you tell our listeners what trains to avoid so you don't have to ha- have that mariachi band? Uh, I would say avoid the red line. Okay. Uh, that's probably the most, which is the one, two, and three. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> that's most likely to have a mariachi band on it. <laughs> And what 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 band uh, what what trains are the ones with the guys that perform a concert? That could be any of them. Okay, that could be any of them. There is okay. no avoiding showtime. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Well, on that note, uh, since we, <laughs> we we hit our we hit our time, what's the what's the water jug uh, say for today? Yeah, man. Hold on one second. Let yep. me pull it up. Bit 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 bit. Here we go. Today's water jug. You're not going to feel like doing it, and that's okay. Do it anyway. Okay. Okay. All right. A little motivation to uh, start the uh, Labor Day weekend. Yes. Yes. A little motivation okay. for the Labor Day weekend. And, yep. Uh, also, uh, apparently, I guess you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day, apparently. That's right. That's right. Well, don't know why, but to eat, to, it is you what it what? is. Hold up. I'm, a, I'm actually going to look that up because that's that's something that's been for years. Yeah, it's like an old wives tale. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I've never thought about yeah, why do you not do it? Why don't you wear white after Labor Day? Here we go. Wearing white represented that you could afford to get out of the city and vacation elsewhere when summer ended. Since Labor Day typically represents the end of summer, a rule was established that you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day if you didn't have the money to take fall and winter vacations. Oh, okay. what? <laughs> well, I have a vacation in October, so I guess I can afford to take a fall vacation so I can continue to wear white. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's a, that's a weird thing to like for a stipulation. Like, that, that if you're really too is. poor, you can't wear white. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking a little deeper into this. The tradition began back in the 1800s. Uh, and the rule was invented uh, in the 19th century by an elite group as a way to use fashion to separate those with money from those without. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you on that note, you want to take us out? Uh, yeah, man. Um, like we always do about this time. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, but nah, everybody uh, out there listening, uh, especially if you stayed and listened for the full two hours, um, good for you. Uh, good for you. That's uh, nah, We appreciate that. Um, this was a fun conversation today. A lot of rambling. Uh, we didn't even discuss really any of Clash of the Castle. <laughs> uh, nope. but that's all right, because uh, next week we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more well, about this, that. This was the Big City Rumble episode anyways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This was a big city rumble episode. We covered that and then some. Um, yep. Y'all got your money's worth today. Um, and if you didn't like today's episode, personally hit me up on Instagram at ga.west.positiveinfluencer. Let me know and I will refund you for today's episode. Hilarious. Yes, you know, uh, 100% guaranteed like to like today's episode or your money back. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, y'all could be anywhere in the world right now, but you spent the past two plus hours listening to us. 
for that. We love you. We appreciate you. Hope you all have a great day, week, month, or even your year. Uh, And remember, you're not going to feel like doing it, and that's okay. Just do it anyway. But all right, everybody, on that note, one, two, three.